son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by World Breakers. And hello, Ruel. How are you doing? I am doing great, my friend. How are you, Richard? I am okay. I'm a little stressed out because we got to get this thing filmed so I can catch a flight to Dice Tower West. That's right. So, folks uh, watching on YouTube, we are recording this on Monday uh, instead of Tuesday this Mm -hmm. week in order to get it all uh, edited down and ready to go on YouTube because Richard's going to be on an airplane flying uh, in a a couple of hours here, and I'll be (laughs) driving tomorrow, which is Tuesday, to Dice Tower West. So, if you're at Dice Tower West, please... Come by, stop by, and say hello, and we'd love to uh, chat with you and maybe play a game. Yeah, um, and um, Ruel yeah. will be handing out buttons. Buttons are plenty. Oh, that's right, yeah. I will have plenty of Tabletop Tonight buttons. That's uh, my Twitch channel. Uh, my wife and I, Michelle, actually, we handcrafted them. We bought a button-making machine. We've got plenty to give out, so please uh, stop by, and we'll, we'll happily give you one if you ask nicely. And it's not like uh, I'm but... trying to one-up Ruel or anything, but if you swing by my <laughs> wife's booth at uh, Gamer Glass, and if you're interested in buying any of her wares, uh, we will be off. Offering as a gift with purchase a Rado Runs Everdell set of cards, which are just absolutely awesome. So you'll be able to yes. pick those up at the convention. Uh, swing by Jen's booth, see if you like anything, because we're throwing in, uh, we're, we're taking a few hundred of these along as a gift with purchase. All righty. All right. I was going to say, uh, could we make, perhaps do a tradesies? I will trade some buttons for some of those cards. I'll set one aside <laughs> for you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, uh, before we get going, I do want to mention one thing. Um, we do not do this show in a vacuum, folks. We are well aware of what's going on in the world today. And as you know, there's some, um, some big events happening yes. uh, in the Ukraine. And without getting too deep into it, what we want to do, we just want to say that we are trying to raise some money for the people who are unfortunately out there in the Ukraine right now, um, dealing with some very, very, very bad stuff. And thanks to our friend, Matthew Jude of things get dicey. Um, uh, along with Paula Deming, uh, Matthew set this up here uh, through the charity Care, and our goal is to raise two thousand pounds. As you can see there, uh, Richard just pulled it up. We're halfway there, folks. Um, how did we get there uh, so quickly? This past weekend, the Tabletop Live Network. It's a uh, collaboration between a bunch of us Twitch streamers. Um, we do live board game streams throughout an entire twenty-four hour period. Uh, so Matthew, at the very last moment, said, "Hey, I, I think this is a good thing we should do." And all of us just we hopped on board right away. And uh, Richard, um, you know, kindly said, you know what, this is awesome. Yeah. Let's continue and let's get you to that goal. So thank you for doing this, uh, Richard. We really appreciate it. Um, the Ukrainian people, folks, you know what they're going through right now. And every little bit counts. Yeah, so we're if all you have the means. Together. And, you know, I mean, we are all, yes. Yeah, we are a small industry, a small little podunk industry, uh, board games. But, oh, my gosh, there is such a huge board game uh, presence in the Ukraine. Um, you know, Mysterium. Was des- was designed and developed and published by a Ukrainian de- developer. All most of the art in Gloomhaven was from a Ukrainian artist. Um, you know, I mean, so uh, you know, what's happening reaches out and touches everybody. And if you folks have it within you, if, if you have the wherewithal and the means, there's going to be a link for uh, this site down in the show notes. Let's try to get this over our limits so that we can reach out and help some of those folks who really are in dire straits at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Thank you again for sharing that. That's okay. Great. Okay. And now, 
to change subjects to a slightly uh, more upbeat topic, do you have any questions for yeah. me, Ruel? Uh, I do have a question for you. What the heck is that on your table? I'm glad you asked. Uh, this <laughs> is World Breakers, which, by the way, is sponsoring the show this week. This is a game that's actually going to be going live on Kickstarter this week, which is why it's certainly appropriate uh, that we talk about it right now, um, because we're about to talk about a whole bunch of Kickstarter games. And now this is a head-to-head -head dueling game. Uh, you know, and it has some passing familiarity with uh, magic kind of thing, but to my way of thinking, for everything I've learned about this game, this is the game that fixes magic. I know a lot of games have talked about that over the years, but I'm really intrigued by this. Uh, you know, you start the game, everybody has a hand of what? One, two, three, four, five. And it's not called mana, but it might as well be. This is the uh, resources used. But this is not a game of, all. Oh, I have to try and use my cards to get mana. I've got the stuff. So what do I want to do? Well, hey, if it's a dueling game, how about how about I get my uh, stripped necklace captain into play? That's going to cost me four of my starting. I'm almost broke. But you're in trouble, Ruel, uh, coming your way. But that's it. My turn is over. It's your turn now. This is the center of this game. The uh, idea that the structure is not about, oh, I'm going to do some really big complex turn, and maybe you'll interrupt me and mess with me, and then you'll do some really big complex turn. This is a game that feels, while it is a dueling card game, much more like a board game to me. Uh, you've got your five cards. One, two, three, four, five. You have an immediate... Everything I do, you immediately respond through. Not through like game-breaking interrupts, but just because of the overall structure of the game. You see, oh, I'm going to come over and start attacking you. Not to kill you, but just every time I successfully attack you, I earn power. And we're racing to get to 10 power. So, uh, you got to decide. Are you going to let me just get a power for free? Because uh, I don't hurt you. You're just going to let me um, you know, run rampant? Or are you going to get somebody else yourself? Okay, well, hey, you've got an event a gratuitous gift. Uh, let's see. Play a follower card. Cost three less. This is three. I'm going to play this event for free. Or you are. And then that means you can get your... You can get your emissary out. Normally it would cost four, but it only costs one. So you're richer than me. And now all of a sudden, you've got a defender. I'm a 3-5. You're a 2-5. And now it comes back to me. Now I don't have just a free and easy way to get power. If I attack, you can block. Now I'll do more damage to you. And another cool thing about this game is damage accumulates over time. Uh, so it's not like just, oh, the fight's over and everything starts over. Um, you know, and So people get wounded. You can uh, deal with all that kind of stuff. So maybe I won't because there are other things I can do. You make power, i.e. points, either by successfully attacking without getting blocked or by visiting locations. And I've got... A uh, volatile furnace. Oh, I would love to get this in play. But I'm broke. This is going to cost me five. And it also costs one um, allegiance with a guild. And I start with one allegiance. Another thing I can do is, well, I can do all kinds of stuff. On an action, I'm just going to do one of these things. Right now, because I don't want to attack you, because it's not going to do any good, um, I will do more damage to you. But you do bloodshed to me. So I just think I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie. I'm just going to start rebuilding. And I'll, hopefully we'll just stay at detente so I can get this out. So I can start earning power with this. But the thing is, if I eventually get this out into play, I can activate it three times. That is another thing I can do on my list. And the first action doesn't do much. The second one does more. The third one does a really big thing. But as soon as I've got that out, if you take out my defender, when you attack, not only do you start earning power, but you start hitting this and make me lose my really good stuff. 
But hey, maybe that's okay. Maybe I want you to hit me because I don't want to waste a turn getting this really dinky first step. I want you to hit me so I can get to the really good strong second step. And then that's what I'll do on my turn. But it's always, I do something, you do something. I do something, you do something. And when we get to the end of the line, we have a rally phase where we check to see if somebody's won. If somebody got 10 points early on, I've still got all these other steps to get 10 points myself and try to beat you or claw it back. But then the interesting thing is when a round is over, it flips. If you were the last player, you're the first player. And that's the most powerful Uh. moment when you get to do two actions in a row in a game where there's always a counter move to your move. Getting to do over every once in a while, those um, double back-to-back actions is incredibly powerful. So this game is really sleek Easy playing. This is not a CCG. This is not a game that's going to be all about just having to chase the... What is it you chase? The dragon. Um, you know, trying to get more and more stuff. It comes with a fully fleshed out four full decks, all based on real historical characters. And the development of this game, I'm really impressed by too. Uh, this is actually set in an alternative 13th century Far East. Uh, so you have Mongolian characters. You have Marco Polo as a character. One of the things oh. I thought was coolest about it, if you are playing with Mongolian characters, the artist for these is an actual real world Mongolian artist. So the developer really worked hard on inclusivity, nice. on, um, you know, a wide variety of people, uh, you know, showing up with not just all the standard beefy guys in loincloths. Very, very impressive title. Fun, fast-playing game. And the thing that probably more than anything else impresses me about this, I don't know if you're familiar well with the um, channel Gideon Gaming. Gideon's Gaming. It's a YouTube channel. I. I'm not. He's he's small. He's starting to grow now. I've been subscribed to him okay. for a while because he has, for my money, the best deep strategic breakdowns of Marvel Champions. And um, oh. so and when I saw, and that's normally what he covers. His whole channel is about, you know, really diving deep into all the strategies and imbalances and stuff like that. I love watching his channel. I saw him do his first ever preview because he loved this so much. And he does such a deep dive into the gameplay here. I cannot recommend it enough. If I've at all piqued your interest, follow the link down there to go check out uh, Gideon's gaming channel. Watch his seven-minute summary of how deep and tactically and strategically rich game is. And I think you'll be convinced, like me, it's a game to pay attention to. And uh, that... That's our sponsor for the show. And guess what? You might win a copy of this game. Well, how can they win? Wow, that sounds awesome. I'm excited about this game. The fact that it's got that really quick back and forth uh, between uh, players. That looks fantastic. Folks, you can win a copy of this game by... Just watching our show. That's all you got to do. Hang out, watch the show. Nothing nothing more than that. <laughs> but we're going to say a secret word. And one of us is going to say the secret word. And what you need to do is type in the name of the game that we're talking about when the secret word is spoken. Yes. And send the name of the game to contest at rotto.com. And you will be entered to win uh, your very own copy of uh, World Beaters. Um, the secret word for this week is warp. Yep. As in warp drive. W-A-R-P. Warp. Um, warp, warp, warp. As yeah, in, one of let's gonna do say the time warp again. Again. And hopefully that's in everybody's <laughs> head now. Because it's yeah. been in mine ever since warp was suggested as a secret word. <laughs> that's right. That's just where so, I go. Uh, yeah, so warp, uh, folks, one of us is going to say it during the show. Uh, one of the games that we're going to be talking about on our top ten list, you will type in the name of that game and send it over to contest at rada.com and you'll be entered to win a very your very own copy okay yes, indeed. so that's how we do it yep um you, you got the secret word you just have to pay attention to that folks so you know what to do yeah write that email and, and uh, you have until march 8th uh so if you're watching this episode on march 9th 
I'm sorry, it's too late. But you still might want to go check out Word Breakers anyway on Kickstarter because, um, man, I mean, you know, obviously this is not necessarily my kind of game, but I just love the board gaminess of this. It's very, very intriguing. I love that this is more about me just scoring points as opposed to hurting you. And I think this is, I mean, even for me, this is be a great gift. The next time my niece and nephew come and visit and they bust out all their magic that they always want to play with Uncle Richard, no. We're playing my prototype of World Breakers <laughs> if I don't have a real full version of the game at that point. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. All right. Okay. Let's see here. So, yes, go uh, we got that out of the way. Uh, we are getting ready for the top ten list for uh, this episode. Yes, we are. Is, um, it yeah. is. We're going to be ta- we're going to be running down our most anticipated upcoming crowdfunding games. Uh, games that are going to be, for the most part, we might have missed a few, uh, but for most, they're going to be coming out in March, maybe April. It's never 100% certain. You know, sometimes uh, the best laid plans might change a little bit, but uh, that's what we're going to be doing. However, before we get to our top 10, which uh, I spent hours on last night, hours that I did not have because I had to be prepared to go travel to Dice Tower West, but still went through about six or 700 games that are on the coming soon list on Kickstarter and GameFound. I've got five, Ruel's got five, we've combined that into our top ten. But before we get to that, here's the deal, folks. There are about 14 games that are going to be coming in crowdfunding form over the next few weeks that are going to be on the channel. We didn't want to put those on the list because we're doing paid previews for those. So there'd be you know, issues of bias and whatnot. So we're going to briefly run down all the upcoming... I mean, these are all games we're really excited about because otherwise we wouldn't have decided to cover them in the first place. I'm going to list those 14. going to blitz through them really quick so you can know they're coming. Every single game we're talking about today will have a link down in the show notes. So if we strike your interest at all, find that link, follow it, and you'll be able to click a button that says, hey, let me know when this Kickstarter goes live. So I'm going to go through those, and then we'll actually get to the real 10 that we started to count down. Does that make sense? Am I, right. am I missing something or well? No, I think we, that, that explained it perfectly. We are good to go. Okay, then let's see. First of all, we are talking about top 14 uh, crowd funders coming to RRT. Save. That should be our new banner. Yep, that's where we are. Let me bring nice. up the browser, and I believe I recall correctly, if I set this up right a couple of hours ago, these are in alphabetical order, starting with Assault on Doomrock, the Ultimate Edition. Now, if you don't know anything about Doomrock, you can go watch my run-through. I've actually done a few run-throughs of this over the years because I absolutely adore it. A really deep, crunchy, cooperative adventure game that mixes so many really interesting, disparate... I mean, it's got dice worker placement. It's got, you know, tactical skirmish stuff. It's got exploration and adventure. It's got resource management. But it does it all in an incredibly tight, efficient, very Euro-y package and a hilarious package, too. This game is often laugh-out-loud funny. And so it's getting the ultimate edition you know, collecting all the stuff that's been out already, which I've covered over the years, and um, a really nice update and upgrade to everything. Uh, Shay covered, did the run-through for this, and I'm actually kind of jealous. When I saw that player, I'm like, oh, I wish, I, I want to play Doom Rock on that. But anyway, uh, that's going to be one of the games you'll be seeing on our channel in March. And then next nice. up, we have got uh, Autobahn. Which is a run-through I'm going to be doing. I've already filmed it, but it won't be going live until the uh, Kickstarter launches. I think in the middle of the month. This is a great uh, Euro- economic Euro simulation uh, that tracks that tracks the growth 
and development of the Autobahn from 1946 to 2020. Uh, and so it is deep and it's really rich and it does a lot of things very nicely. It's kind of like a card worker placement game and every move you make is always creating opportunities for your opponents and everything they do is creating opportunities for you. So you're always having to make really tough decisions. But actually, the most impressive thing about this game to me, Ruel, is as a die-hard pick-up-and-deliver hater, Jen, either Jen or I like that, this oh. is a pick-up-and-deliver oh. game we actually really dig. Uh, they, wow. you know, Fabio Lapiano and um, uh, Nestori Mangone, the two, desi- two really hot Italian designers, have found a way to make Jen and me fall in love. So you'll be seeing that soon. A lot of picking-up-and-delivering and building of the Autobahn. Ooh, then nice. we've got Darkest Doom, which we haven't filmed yet. I, I think uh, Shay's still waiting on getting the prototype. Uh, but wow, it looks gorgeous. Uh, this is a, a beautiful looking game. Really nice miniatures. Uh, coming soon to Kickstarter. Uh, because Shay is covering this one and he hasn't filmed it yet, I can't really say much about it. But honestly, I trust Shay's uh, opinion. Shay took a look at this. Our process is basically whenever a publisher contacts us and says, hey, would you be interested in doing a preview for our game? We take a look at it, read the rules, and decide, well, does that sound like fun or not? We say no nine times out of ten, but Shay said yes to this. So you will be seeing uh, Darkest Doom, which looks gorgeous, coming uh, yeah. in a few weeks. Then, we have got Encyclopedia. Oh, this is a fantastic game. Uh, basically, a sequel to Museum and Dominations from the same uh, publisher-designer group. Uh, I actually filmed this several months ago, but wow, we really, really enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a very deep and interesting worker placement hero with some really fresh takes on worker placement that is all about creating the world's first encyclopedia. Uh, it actually really goes into the history and the real people who are doing this, and it's all about trying to decide how much of your dice worker placement resources are spent on studying in the field, you know, uh, doing academic research, uh, and actually publishing these works. And you've got to really balance all of this stuff, and it's really sharp. My run-through should be coming in March. Okay. That looks fantastic. Then yeah. we've got... Oh, my, there's so many of them. Uh, this one is <laughs> Hamlet. Look at this thing. This is yes. the most goofy-looking, cattywampus tile layer you've ever saw, but I love it. This is a communal thing where we're all working together to try to build the best Hamlet, and all the tiles in this game are crazy triangles and diamonds and hexes and all that, and at first I thought, why did they do this? But after Jan and I played it a little bit, I started to understand, because in this game, you don't make perfectly regimented grids like Carcassonne, or perfect hexes like... um, Oh, uh, suburbia. You make things that feel more real and natural. It feels like as a, as your, um, your hamlet grows and it does all these weird circuitous routes, it's like, oh, there must be a river there that it's running along. This feels real and it feels charming and atmospheric. So the feel is great. The gameplay is really, really sharp. Um, but the coolest thing about it is, while there's a, an equal amount of focus on you know activating things and doing quasi worker placement and you know deciding you know what resources you're going to convert and other resources you can keep on expanding the town, to get those resources from one side of the town to the other requires donkeys. This game is all about donkeys. It's going to have cool, <laughs> cute little donkey meeples. My prototype didn't, unfortunately. And okay. as the game goes on, and the city gets bigger, and more circuitous, and more winding because of the crazy tiles, you have to set up supply chains that you can activate from one side of the room to the other. So this is a logistical exercise, as much as it is a worker placement game and a tile land game. And, yeah, Jen and I were both really blown away by it. It's from the designer of um, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, and then we held hands. So I've loved those games, and 
and Hamlet. Well, you'll see why I like it when my run-through goes up in a couple of weeks. Okay. Super Moving. excited about that one. That oh, yeah. Great. You should be. It's great. Uh, it's but you know what? Awesome. So is Mercurial. Um, and yeah. this is an interesting one. This is a... Uh, what would you call it? It is a game about trying to make potions to uh, fight monsters and save people in distress. Which, I'll be honest, is generally not the kind of subject matter I go for. I just don't find it intriguing. But this game, this card uh, drafting game, where you're drafting different types of cards, some cards are assistants who will help you modify dice. Because the dice are the fuel that gives you the reagents you need. Oh, and look, there's a... There's a... <laughs> there's Paulo making fun of me in the Klingon subtitles. What is he doing?! <laughs> Folks, always watch my videos of the Klingon subtitles. Paulo is hilarious. It's like a whole show of its own. Uh, but anyway, so you're, you're drafting helpers to be able to control the dice. You're using dice to be able to get spell components. And then you're casting all these spells together to actually trigger the spells, which are the big point-giving thing. And the thing is, this game starts with trying to manipulate dice, kind of Yahtzee style, but then it goes so deep. Combos upon combos upon combos. These types of things, combos, to let you manipulate this, you can combo these other kinds of things, and it was just a blast to play. Even though it's not my type of subject matter, both Jay and I were super impressed, and you'll see that run through from Mercurial coming soon. Okay. All right. Yeah, sorry, this is so much. And we've, we're, we're almost through it. We're up to the O's. Oak. Um, actually, Ruel, I only just got this in the mail. I'm bringing it with me to Dice Tower West. Maybe we oh, can play it. Can we play? Can, can yes. we? Can we? Well, it'll be in my suitcase. I, I would love... Yeah, I would love to play this because this was actually on my list Oops. of the games I wanted to cover. Yeah, so I would love to play this with you. Yes. Okay. Well, then it's a date. It is a date. We will be there. We it will play date, Oak, sir. which is a gorgeous looking game. I think there's just a few pictures of it here on GameFound, mm -hmm. not on Kickstarter, on GameFound, but it has great uh, production. And, uh, you know, it is about, uh, you know, druids trying to be uh, in tune with nature and, you know, restorative stuff. I mean, that's subject matter I really like. I really dig that kind of thing. And it looks really deep and crunchy. And I can't wait to give it a go. And I'll be playing it with you when we meet in person yeah. for the first I time leave. ever. So that'll be fun. Cannot wait. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, you will destroy me at Oak. I'm sure will be step two of that process. Uh, I don't know about that. We, we, we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Oak is coming soon. When I get back, after having played it with Ruel, I'll uh, film a run through and tell everybody how it went. Um, wish me luck, everybody. Okay. <laughs> then um, we have got... Okay, another one that we have already filmed. Oh, Pilgrim. Boy, this is a very, very oh. cool game. Uh, this is set in uh, medieval, or maybe it's Renaissance-era England, but we are pilgrims for the church, and it is our job to try to basically help the world. A big focus of this game is collecting resources, not for our own glory, but to literally give alms to the poor. Um, or, you know, if, if we build big, fancy buildings that, hey, once I've built this building, I can use this power, you can pay me to use the power. Eventually, though, I'm going to donate the building to the poor because, um, you know, that's kind of our goal is to help people. And the gameplay is all driven by an excellent Moncala. A really cool, fresh take on Moncala. Um, you know, all the uh, spaces on the outside of the board, you know, you, you pick up all your pieces, you move them around clockwise. Here, there's a few key twists, though. The biggest one is you don't have to activate the space you land on. You could activate anything around the board. So you could be doing little baby turns to set up big turns later. And then the other thing, this is a Moncala that has branching paths. You could go halfway and then like, cut across the Moncala to skip to the other side of the board because you really are desperately trying to get to a certain spot. So it's 
cool new Moncala stuff, really satisfying route building because we're trying to make uh, uh, pilgrimage roads to pilgrimage sites. We're also trying to open up trade routes so that we can boost the economy so that it can all come back to helping people. So, not surprisingly, this was all something that Jen and I found very, very engaging. Really cool. My run through is coming soon. Okay. And uh, then, oh, Ryozen. Which, um, I don't know much about this. Ryan Crichton of uh, Knights Around a Table is going to be doing a rules run-through for this. And I can't wait to see it. All I know is this game looks stunning. Uh, And it features, it's a Euro-E-style game that has a rotating central board. This cool three-dimensional palace that's huge. And as you spin it, it actually changes what you have access to. And by the way, folks... Uh, there's a link for this page I'm looking at, like a link for every single game we're going to be talking about today. And they are talking about secure your early bird. Um, you know, mm. sign up to be notified when it launches now if you're at all interested. That looks, if this is what the early bird is, that's a pretty cool looking early bird miniature you can get. <laughs> I don't know, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan. Ryan does the best rules run throughs in the business, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so that'll be coming on the 16th. Let's see here if all goes to plan. Then. We're almost done. We move on to, oh, um, oh, what is this? Uh, Blood Twisted Moon? No, no, no. It was Static, Blood Static Moon. Where is the title? Where? Why are you not saying the title, YouTube, of my video? Oh, there it is way down there. Yeah, Static Blood Moon. This is a cool, fast-playing little filler um, abstract game, which is all about mm-hmm. dice drafting. There's, all, there's dozens of D10s all over the board in different colors with different numbers. You roll them all, and then players just take turns drafting them, putting them on their own dodecagram, I believe it's called. And you're trying to create um, straights or of-a-kinds or matching colors in several different ways. You're trying to create them on the vertices of all these different triangles. You're also trying to create them in strings around the triangle. So every die you take has the potential to score in three different ways. But you are restricted. You can't take uh, you know, two of a given color on the same turn. There's one space you can only take if you unlock special bonuses. Wherever the Grand Sage is, you can't grab from that. So this is a game all about timing and it's, an, it's one of the crunchiest games we have played in quite a while that you can get done from start to finish in 10 minutes. Although there are modes you can play longer if you want. Really impressive. Uh, Two-player only game coming soon. Static Blood Moon. Okay. And then uh, Tamashi. This is another one I'll be filming. This is a futuristic adventure game that, um, you know, it's basically Terminator crossed with um, Blade Runner because it's the future of Blade Runner but oh AIs are taking everything and they're trying to kill everybody so we are trying to save everybody and because it's a cyberpunky future half the game is traveling around exploring discovering things interacting with people saving people fighting bosses and all that but the other half of the game is driven by a little sliding puzzle programming mini game and that programming mini game is driven by a bag builder a la Orleans so you had me at bag builder you had me at programming minigame, and you had me at cool um, neon-infused uh, you know, adventure as well. So, there's a wow. lot of really cool stuff here. You'll see my run-through for it coming soon. And, um, I think we're almost done. Terraforming Mars, Ooh. the Ares Expedition uh, expansion, which is so weird. It's coming in March. It hasn't been announced at all. I did the world's first unboxing for it a couple weeks. I filmed it now. Right. If you actually subscribe to me on Patreon, you can watch this run through right now because my Patreon backers get to see my videos early before they go public and they get to see them without ads. And uh, yeah, it is cool, cool, cool. It addresses my issues I had with the original Ares Expedition. It introduces an amazing co-op mode if you want to play. Not just a little... Mm 
tossed-in co-op mode that the original had, but a really deep, interesting, rich one. Um, you can also play solo. And, uh, oh, it increases the player count to five and six, which is perfect uh, because this is wow. such a fast-playing game. Really awesome. The Ares Expedition expansion. Uh, that'll be coming soon at Terraforming Mars. And I think... Uh, Oh, yes, we're not done yet. Um, let's see. <laughs> this one is called um, Something Ice and Snow. Through Ice and Snow. This was actually in our last top 10 most anticipated Kickstarters when I just read about it. The oh, publisher okay. saw yeah. us talking about it and said, hey, you want to cover it? And they actually sent me an early copy of the rulebook and they sent me this picture. This is the only picture of the game in the world. If you go anywhere else, all you just see is zoom-ins of cards and stuff like that. This gives you an idea. Wow. This is about finding the Northwest Passage. You can see we found some of it. We haven't found others. And it, it is a rich, deep, heavy game with a lot of interplay between players. I haven't gotten my prototype yet, but I'm really excited. Fingers crossed it's as good as I think it's going to be. But I, the rules definitely convince me it's one to watch for uh, through ice and nice. snow. And then I think this is it. Title Blades, Rise of the Unfolders. Yeah. Another yes. one Shay is doing. This one is going to be huge. And uh, Shay really dug it. It's nothing. It's set in the same universe as the original Title Blades, but it is. It's it's a dungeon uh, crawling adventure in this universe. Mm-hmm. So a very very different beat. Really colorful. Some fresh cool new ideas. You'll have to check it out when it goes live in March. Phew! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like oh, I said, we had a bunch of stuff long. to go over, didn't we? Busy month. Yeah. Uh, yes, wow. yes, 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 yes. But now... Title Blades uh, 2 looks awesome. I, which I one? can't wait to play that one. Title Blades 2, the one we just talked about. Um, I, I enjoyed the first one, but I, I just... I think that world that they're creating is so unique and so cool that I cannot... You know, anything in that world, I, I'm very interested in playing. So, uh, so I actually have uh, Title Blades right above... Uh, right over my shoulder here. Ah. Uh, the, the artwork is, is just gorgeous. But, yep. wow, what a great month. Those are some great games that we've got. Well, I mean, those are games channel. that I am... That I know from personal experience are great or that I have very high hopes for. But now... Yeah. We're going to flip the script and talk about a bunch of games that you and I found that we don't know anything about, but they just look really cool. So you're getting 24 games today, folks. Um, Are you ready to go? Ruel, do you have your list at the ready? I, I'm ready. Yeah. Do you want to uh, take a water break? Uh, you just, you, I you, do. Yeah, you talked about a ton Thank of games you. there. Why don't oh my you, gosh. you know, hydrate, you know, it's important to stay hydrated. I'm, I'm going to reveal our number 10 on the list. Please do. Right now is uh, number 10 is betwixt and between forces of nature. Okay. You're going to have to tell so, me about this one. Yeah, this one, uh, you'll, I think you'll, you'll like the uh, description of it. It is, um, you are, we, you, uh, one to four players, and mm-hmm. this can be a solo game, mm-hmm. uh, take on the role of mystics. So you're finding your way through this strange land, exploring, um, trying to get the magical essence. And what you're doing is it's combining card placement with uh, character movement. And you're trying to come up with combos to uh, score points. And it's uh, at its heart, it's a tile placement game, which I know you and I both love. I love tile land games. Yes, and this one, the Force of Nature. This is actually a standalone. I mean, an expansion, not okay. a standalone. An expansion to uh, uh, Betwixt and Between. Right. Um, so, I, which is what I'm showing any, on screen, um, by the way, folks, because there's no pictures yeah. of the expansion yet. So I'm just showing Betwixt and Between pictures on screen right yep. now. Yeah. So I don't. I haven't played the original, but I think this looks really interesting. And the ex, uh, the expansion, what it does is uh, they give you some new exploration cards and also give uh, each player uh, their own mystic abilities. So mm. we always talk about asymmetric abilities. Mm-hmm. They're putting that. They're putting that in here in the expansion, which I think is a which would be a fine point for us to start off. You know, you get um, extra artifacts and so forth, and 
According to the, according to the description here, you're going to have some epic turns, you know, uh, <laughs> placing tiles and collecting sets and uh, building your patterns and stuff. So this one looks really interesting. The art looks really cool, and uh, I'm excited to try it. That is our number ten, Betwixt and Between Forces of Nature. Okay, it sounds good. Um, and it's interesting you say. I mean, the stuff you say that it adds, those sound like the things like. Why doesn't it have these things? So, um, yeah. like you said, it's probably a good time to jump on board. Good call. That's right. <coughs> okay. okay. Well, let's, we are going to move on to my on. number nine after I get another drink of water because I've got the frogs in the throats. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that took care of it and everybody enjoyed the little gargling uh, um, intermission. Okay. All right. All righty. So let me talk about my number nine, which is Age of Comics. The Golden Years, uh, yes. which oh yeah, um, oh, I was gonna say I I, I know this game and I, I'm I'm excited about. This oh game. really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is definitely one I am intrigued by. Uh, in part because I'm a lifelong comic book fan. I, I have been ever since I was a little kid, and um, you know, these days maybe I, I love more of the comic movies than the comic books, but I still love comic books too. So an entire game about the Golden Age, you know, the uh, the 20s, 30s, 40s, when you know superheroes were first coming about. But I mean, uh, com- comic books about cowboys and romance and detectives and everything else was incredibly. It was so amazing the width and breadth of subjects that were available back then, as opposed to you know, comics are like a little bit more condensed these days, and. Um, so an entire game about this, which as I understand it, focuses on trying to run the most successful, you know, upstart comic company, focusing on different genres, you know, investing in different writer-artist combos, trying to pay attention to when a given writer or a given genre is really hot and get stuff out there. If somebody else get you know starts something really popular, you can say, well, okay, I'll try to make my own popular thing, or I'll make a knockoff of your thing. I'll make Super Dude after you make Superman and see if I can leech away some of your sales. So all this stuff sounds really cool. And um, and then on top of it, there I don't think there's any pictures of it on BoardGameGeek, but apparently there is a map of Manhattan, which is where you know, all the comic book uh, companies were, you know, a lot of them were located there. And uh, so in addition to everything I just described, there's also kind of this area control thing where you're trying to stake out a claim on all the hottest sales points in the city as well. And I have to admit, nice. that I'm a little bit less interested in because it sounds like, well, maybe that's area control. Maybe that's going to be a bit of two punch em, rock em, sock em. I'm not quite sure, but I'm still definitely willing to give it a go just because the subject matter is really intriguing and it seems like from the description that i've read it could be something very very cool so that is um number nine age of comics the golden years yeah i, I i've seen this I, I saw this uh a few i think a few months ago just a little uh, um you know the website or whatever and the, i love the subject matter of this you know that time when comics was the comics were basically being invented right comics yes were being invented. As, as an art so, form, so to yeah. see this yeah, uh, and to see like a game take this on, I, that's that's the beauty of Kickstarter. You could literally find almost anything mm-hmm. on any subject matter gamified, and I think that's a great segue to our number eight okay. um, game. Uh, speaking of uh, different types of subjects for board games, our number eight is Hot Diggity Dog. 
<laughs> just the name alone is uh, it just grabbed me it's just yes. like you i just laughed out loud i literally laughed out loud when i saw it and you know like what the heck is this game it is a game about selling hot dogs at the ballpark i mean how brilliant uh-huh. is that take me out to the ball yeah game. you've yeah. got nine innings uh at the brand new baseball stadium you and your fellow vendors you're trying to get those hot dogs out there uh you have different sections of the park you could sell in <laughs> you could fulfill up to three hot dog orders per turn you go back to the commissary to refill your supplies you know maybe you need some condiments some more dogs or whatever i just <laughs> i just uh, the, the fact I, I okay so i love baseball yes. i love you know go dodgers i'm a dodger fan for life and just going to the ballpark has a very special meaning to me and my family uh we go there um r- at least once a year and even to the local minor league parks i just love being at the ballpark there's a certain uh just the atmosphere is just it's very uh just warm and uh, warm and fuzzy for me and to play a game like this where i can just imagine all the vendors over the years hey give me a hot dog or a dog (laughs) and a beer please or whatever i want to do that and this game is going to let me do that um that's why um hot dog diggity dog is is our number eight (laughs) i mean just just for the name alone come on i know i i I saw it on the list and and it made me laugh out loud last night at midnight when i saw it it made me laugh out loud i mean i I, yeah there's just you're right you were right to point out that this is the beauty of kickstarter i mean there's no way a game like that gets made in the traditional um you know format right for board games but kickstarter can make dreams come true yeah, it, it totally is, and you know, um, you know, I'm geeking out over the theme, of course. But there's uh, there's push your luck, there's worker placement, there's like a rondelle. I mean, come on, it's got all the everything that we love about board games, and but in the funnest funniest theme ever. So hot diggity dog, I can't wait to check it out. Yep, and uh, yeah, and you, and you also can say, hey, can we play some hot diggity dog too? So there's something to be said for that. No, that's cool. Yes. It, it looks really charming. It looks like the art's very nice. I'm sure it's a very yes. passion project. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I hope it finds an audience because it deserves Stay to. Here. That's just so charming. Okay, yep. number seven on the list is not particularly charming at all. It is Uh-oh. the Paradox Initiative. And, and it's interesting. Uh-oh. This is actually a sequel to a game I covered Many, many years ago, back in 2015, Ruel, I covered uh, Paradox when it was originally on Kickstarter. And both Jen and I were super impressed by it. Uh, This is a game that is uh, set in the far-flung future, and it turns out there's a time quake that's destroying planets left, right, and center. And we are scientists trying to do techno-babbly stuff, basically, to save the universe. But we do it with a really cool bejeweled-like sliding puzzle uh, game that's on the side where we're swapping discs around to try to make patterns to get that the same way in video games it's so satisfying oh I can get that line of five and then boom they all explode and everything else slides into place and then when they slide into place that's how you get those chips out of the big quantum supercomputer and you can use them in kind of a worker placement kind of way to do all the different actions which is a lot of card set collection to be able to save these planets from the time quake and uh, yeah it was really good it's from a really quirky offbeat designer uh, Brian Sewer who had a very big hit on his hands last year with Merchants of the Dark Road. This is an earlier game from him and um, it is also very quirky and offbeat but very smartly considered and well designed. And now the new version of it, if I recall correctly, is coming from Elf Creek Games and Elf Creek Games is known for really beautiful, lavish productions. So, I mean, what what you're looking at here is a prototype from seven years ago. The final game from seven years ago looked a lot better. 
but I'm sure the new version, which there aren't really any pictures of yet, will be even better. So I put this one on our list because I already know the original game was great, and as I understand it, well, Brian is now seven years better as a designer. And so I want to see what he does. How does he improve it? How does he streamline it? How does he make it deeper at the same time that he's making it more streamlined? These are the kind of things I expect, and I want to see in our number seven, The Paradox Initiative. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because of those two words, Elf Creek. They put phenomenal games out there, and I think they're going to do this one right. And just looking at that video, I love seeing the uh, the old school uh, handheld cam. You oh, man. The, yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, that's a throwback right there. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's wow. a young man's game doing handheld cam stuff. I'm too old for that bleep now. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to our number six yes, what do we got on our six? list here. Uh, upcoming games on Kickstarter and or um, GameFound. Trailblazer, the John Muir Trail. Oh, so okay. I this wasn't on my radar, but after doing you know my research last night, I looked at the uh, the title. I was like, okay, this seems interesting. But two thing two things stuck out to me right right off the bat. The artist, look at the artist, Andrew Bosley. Oh um, yes, right. If I recall Everdell. correctly, Andrew Bosley made my top ten uh, favorite game artists when I did that list oh, a few yeah. years ago. He's yeah, he's he's mine. Uh, I just played. Uh, um, tapestry the other day for the first time in a year and a half, and it reminded me how much I love uh, Andrew Bosley's art. So this is the way I'm going to explain this. Is remember the game Parks that came sure. out like, like a year or two? Yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Parks, but a deeper, more rich um, game experience. Mm. You've got instead you're still going along the little trail here. In this case, the John Muir Trail, um, exploring and uh, discovering things. Um, you're going to go through the meadows and mountains and everything, but it's going to have a little more. Um, set collection has got some worker placement. You're going to be taking actions, Gar. A little more Euro-y, uh, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the theme got me right off the bat. I was like, this, I mean, just look at it. It looks gorgeous. Oh, right? yeah, Andrew yeah, Bowser's yeah. Art. Yeah, I'm all, it really did remind me of Parks, but just a deeper Parks. I'm not, now, I love Parks, especially with the uh, expansion, but I feel like this is going to take it to the next, that next level. Especially, um, I, I can't get over the art. I love Andrew Bosley so much. He's easily a top five artist for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why Trailblazer, the John Muir Trail, is our number six. Good choice. I am embarrassed that that did not, that I did not see that, that somehow I just completely overlooked it. What is wrong? You know, I guess I was too tired, but I'm really glad you yeah, pointed you out. Know, it's I I think that for me it was the name. I just a trailblazer, the John Muir Trail. I honestly thought it was like a, a book being kickstarted, like a, like a coffee table book, you know. And I'm like, oh, this is about the John Muir Trail, whatever. But then I, you know, I looked at it. I was like, wait, wait, wait. That looks. And I, I you know, I dove a little deeper. It's like, oh, Andrew Bosley, a game. You, you had me right there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really excited about this one. This looks fantastic. Well, that it. You you got me excited, and I I I wasn't before. I. Uh, but yeah, you had me at Andrew Bosley, but then yes. you really had me at Parks for Gamer Geeks. Yes. Parks is a lovely yes. little game, but yeah, it's a total gateway, really nice to play with families and kids and stuff like yep. that. But yeah, a, a big, heavy, deep, rich version of that with one of the best artists working in the industry. Yes, please. That is an excellent yep. number six. But it's not as good, Ruel, as our number five, which also fe- uh, features an amazing art pedigree. Number five on the list is raw just good old-fashioned r.a reiner canizia raw um it's interesting don't worry folks if you've been wait if you've been missing it next week we're gonna get back to our regular top 100 games of all time countdown but in a previous episode of our top 100 games of countdown i listed raw as one of the best games of all time 
And I will stand yep. by that. I will fight anybody who disagrees. Um, and I and, will join you in that fight. So, uh, yes. <laughs> you'll, you'll fight beside me on that. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I, you have my sword. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and my weird bidding scarab or whatever it might be. Trying to throw some raw humor in there. <laughs> um, so raw is... Many would argue, and I might as well, Reiner Kinesia's greatest design ever. I mean, there's a lot of really good candidates, but Raw is a fin- is also one of the greatest auction board games of all time. And um, now, it's going to become one of the prettiest games of all time because it's getting a lavish deluxe reprint redo from 25th Century Games and the art of Ian O'Toole. And you want to talk about hot art. Uh, Ian makes hot art. This looks gorgeous. You know, one of the premier greatest designs of modern board gaming. Now, with uh, art from one of the greatest artists working today, this is going to be a very big deal. Um, You know, because, uh, don't get me wrong, Raw has always been great. Every version of Raw has been great, but... It might be kind of hard to convince people to play if you have your old Dutch version of Raw from 1997. And you're like, hey, let's play this. Well, I don't know. Can we play something else? Um, people will be lining up around the block to play Raw now because it looks gorgeous. It looks as good as it's always played, which is why it makes a list at number five, Raw. Yeah, it's it's a real shame it's been out of print for so long. But 20th, 25th Century Games, they do games right. And uh, they're going to, you know, they've done Kohaku, which is a, a, just a mind-blowing um uh, uh, package, and I think they're going to do raw right as well. Oh, I believe with yes. the Uno tool. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. this game. Is actually one of my most anticipated games of this year, even though it's been around for 20 years. I mm. can't wait for this version, and uh, that's why it's our number five. But uh, let's yep, yep. move on to our number four, let's which do it. also looks very pretty and very cool. Our number four is Far Cry Beyond. Oh, okay. This, All right. Yeah. So I actually. Uh, do you know anything about that? I have no idea what uh, the, the, the video game's about, Far Cry. Do you play this video game? I games? have uh, played the first Far Cry, back when I was still yeah. in the video game industry. Yeah. Uh, before I yeah. pretty much, before I'd actually even discovered modern board games. And board games actually cured me of my lifelong video game addiction. But Far Cry, <laughs> at least the first one, and I believe the entire series, has always been one of these big open worlds that you're free to explore and do whatever you want. It's like Grand yeah. Theft Auto, but out um, you know, far away from cities. Uh, basically, right. I think would be uh, you know kind of a an elevator pitch for it. But yeah. um, and they're yeah. like I think they're like in their seventh uh, version of something it now, like that. Video yeah. game wise, but this will be the first video game. So we're gonna warp back in time to the 1980s, uh, and this game is set in the 80s. And I, you know, that right there, I was like the 80s. I mean, come on, you're oh my gosh, over. are you saying and, this is uh, really Commando the board game? That's I. I hope it is because if it is, I'm all in. <laughs> um, get on the get, get, get to, to the, the chopper. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a first-person shooter game, and what it reminded me a little bit of is I don't know if you remember playing uh, the CGE game Adrenaline. I have never uh, Adrenaline, played Adrenaline, but I've only ever heard yeah. great things about it. It's a fantastic game, and this I feel like takes a little bit of that, where it's a they take the first-person shooter element and put it on a board game. And uh, they do it uh, more of like, uh, this was really interesting. So there's not really much info on the game, but from what I saw, there's a video I checked out uh, that talks about how this has almost got some legacy elements to it. Okay. Where you're ramping up, leveling up your characters and uh, your dice that you're going to use to resolve stuff. You can level those up and get better dice, uh, improve your characters, get more weapons. And, you know, as you go on, just like any first person shooter, you're going to get uh, better stuff as you go on. And you can see the little animals there and stuff that you're going to fight yep. against. And, well, uh, my hope the, is that that dog yeah. is on our side. 
Um, yeah, because that's, that's a way looking. That looks a like cool a friendly dog, uh, right? pooch to me, quite there. <laughs> uh, that little miniature. Yeah. Oh, plus, it's got a character yeah. ring around it. Yeah. So. It, yeah. So it's uh, again, uh, it's, it's set in the '80s. So right there, I'm all uh, I'm all over it. And uh, if it if if uh, just again based on my preliminary uh, overview of this, if it's anything close to Adrenaline, I think it's gonna be a winner because Adrenaline is such an underrated game like i think people got away from it just because all oh, first person shooter whatever it's actually a little more euro-y than yeah. you think like, yeah 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 so it's uh adrenaline's wonderful but uh, i'm hoping that far cry lives up to the hype as well so I yeah that's why it's on the list You're ho- you that, want yeah. you want arnold schwarzenegger's commando crossed with cge's adrenaline and that's yes. what you're looking for and I would be all in on that. Yes, get to the chopper. To so the that's top. why it's our number. That's why it's our number four. Uh, Far Cry Beyond. I don't think I can argue with uh, that nostalgia kick at all. I was totally unaware <laughs> right? of that. I mean, I knew it was tied in, but I assumed it was probably going to be modern day hotspots because I think that's mostly what Far yeah. Cry is. So kudos yeah. to the developers for you know not just you know for, for doing something surprising with it. That sounds yeah. much cooler than I first saw. I saw that and was like, yeah, probably just going to pass. But you, yeah. you you caught my eye. Well done. Cool. Alrighty, but All right. I know uh, number three has caught uh, your eye, and, and this one's going to be huge, uh, and it's going to prove to the world that we are not done with rolling rights. Rolling rights are just getting started, folks. Rolling right haters, get comfortable. They're here to stay with our number three, Motor City. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you put this on the list. Yes, this yes, yes, list yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, from Ben Pitchback, Matt Riddle, also Adam Hill. Uh, but Ben and Matt did Fleet the Dice Game. And uh, more recently, they've done Three Sisters, which is another very hot, hot, hot roll and write. And this is going to be the next one. And unfortunately, I don't think there are any pictures of it on Board Game Geek. I, I think I looked it up. It's just a cover. Right. But yes. uh, let's just go on ahead and say Purple Moose Plays. I don't know your channel, Purple Moose, but show me. Show me what you got. All righty. And uh, yeah, okay. this looks like a new roll and write from uh, Ben Pitchback and Matt Riddle. Multiple uh, pages, multiple pages that aren't just a bunch of spreadsheets, but pages doing completely different things. Honestly, this looks like Kanban the roll and write to me. It looks like there's mm. test lines. It looks like there's assembly lines. Um, it looks like there's some kind of dice drafting or maybe dice worker placement. I don't know much about this, but this looks very, very cool. And um, I love a roll and write. The only thing I love more than a roll and write is a really heavy, crunchy roll and write. Because generally, you think yeah. roll and write, you think just nice little, oh, Yahtzee or Yahtzee Plus type things. But I expect this is going to be deep and rich. Not going to replace Kanban on the heaviness factor, but it looks like it's got a fair bit of dice rolling and then assigning those dice to do actions and then doing all kinds of vehicle development. And uh, yeah, Kanban, I didn't think I was going to care about that subject matter. Honestly, I don't care about cars, but I found myself really yeah. pulled into the subject matter. It was really c- compelling. And so I expect this one will be too. And again, the design pedigree is untouchable. Ben and Matt yeah. are fast for, you know, becoming, and they've done a lot of great stuff over the years, but they are becoming yeah. the, uh, you know, the emperors of the roll and write space. This is a great one, two, three combo. Fleet the Dice Game, Three Sisters, and if all goes to plan, Motor City, which is our number three. Yeah, they they're a wonderful design team, and I think this is gonna this is this falls right in line with those uh, other games you mentioned, Fleet and Three Sisters. Gonna be gonna be awesome. I can't wait to play this. Um, I you know we were, we were just talking about Three Sisters recently. I I just I love that game. It's a very crunchy roll and write, and Motor City is gonna be along those lines as well. Cool. All right, great choice for number three. But let's check out number two let's on our that. list. Let's check out number two. Number two is. Do-do-do-do. Behexed, an unconventional deck building game. Okay. 
you you say unconventional. I say, ooh, that piqued my interest. <laughs> All and, right. And this unconventional is from Smirk deck builder, and Combat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you are playing as ma uh, battle mages uh, in your, you're specializing in a certain magical discipline. And it's deck building, right? You have your uh, hand of spells. And your hand of spells is your defense and your currency. So okay. you're going to be sacrificing your currency and giving up your defense at the same time. So it's one of those, okay, how am I going to balance this out, right? And um, the cool thing is, once you get those new spells, they don't go into your discard pile. They go right into your hand. So you okay. can play them immediately. Okay. And... Um, you know, I like that about it. And you're, it's interesting because one of the things I was um, looking at in the overview is you're not really building, you're not trying to build up like victory points or resources in your deck. You're trying to build up the way you want to interact with the other players because certain spells are going to go better with other players or against other players. And I think that's oh. so fascinating. Yeah. And I am a uh, smirk and dagger. Their, their most recent game that I played was uh, the Night Cage, which was a really interesting take on tile laying games where you would lay tiles, but then, you know, we talked about this last year, you lay tiles, but then as the game progresses, you're actually taking tiles off the table. Right, right. So the, so the fact that they're uh, starting to look at, hey, let's try something different with deck building here, I think that's worthy of checking out, and that's why it's our number two okay. hexed and unconventional deck building game. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the designer on it? Do you know? uh, the designer? Oh gosh, I let me. Or, or is, is, is it somebody quick. new? Uh, Kurt Covert, Greg, uh, Jonathan. I don't know any of these names. So it looks yeah, like it's Kurt, a new design team. Um, but yeah, no, Kurt that sounds Covert really cool. Has been, yeah, he's he was part of the. Uh, he's actually uh, Kurt Covert actually runs Smirk and Dagger, and he oh. also designs as well. Okay, so he's he's had his hands on a couple of those titles uh, at, at, for his company, and he's always great. And he's a super nice guy as well. On top of that, but. Um, he's also designed uh, Cutthroat Caverns and um, what was the other? Oh, the one I was just talking about. Um, oh, uh, uh, Night Cage. And yeah, and that's Night, I think Night the most Cage. interesting thing. The way you point it, because Night Cage approaches deck or you know tiling in a completely new way, where you're equally fo uh, you know tile removing, and so he wants to mm -hmm. do the same thing. I can see why I didn't look at it too close. Three player minimum game, but what yeah, that means, that's... they know what they're giving up. They know how much mm -hmm. business they're giving up. They don't put the number two there or the number one. And what that means yeah. is this must be an exceptionally strong entry for what you were talking about, that interaction between players on a deep level because you have to have at least two other people to interact with in different ways. So that makes it more right. intriguing, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And that, so it really it just caught my eye when you're like, you know, you think about, you know, standard deck builders, you want resources, then you want to eventually get to those victory points. But here you're actually thinking about what cards can I use against the other players? I think that's a really interesting twist. So that's why it's our number two, Behex, an unconventional deck building game. But we've got one final one to talk about. What is it? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've got one more to go. And I... I feel like I've talked about this previously at some point on the show. Maybe like it was back when we were doing Essen previews or something like that. Um, okay. But I have been stoked for this game for probably the better part of a year. So why don't I tell you what the name of it is? It's Frozen Frontier. And oh, yeah. there is one reason. One reason and one reason only. Oh, no, there's plenty of reasons. But publisher, Cosmodrome Games. Uh, Cosmodrome Games is unstoppable at this point. Everything they do, uh, this Russian developer, uh, this Russian uh, you know group of, of young uh, designers have just been putting out amazing title after title after title. And uh, I mean, geez, if I were to uh, let's see, hold on a second, I don't want to do that. I just want to bring up Cosmodrome's uh, pedigree for a little bit. Smartphone Inc., Aquatica, Origins, First Builder, First Contact. Did you ever play First Contact? You wouldn't. Michelle would love it. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah. 
I uh, really, they are just on fire. Um, oh, the Escape Tales series, those were very popular as an uh, as a new take. Uh, Inuit, the Snow Folk, um, yeah. Oh, so wow. a lot of really good stuff. This publisher, this group of developers, and so I think uh, this is a game uh, from an, one of their newer designers in the group. I think, but I am really intrigued by it uh, because. Oh, I've heard uh, from them. I mean, because I, I I have covered some of their games in the past, and uh, you know, and, and I and I had emails with them, and they say, oh, this is our best game to date. This this one, uh, forget about everything we've done up till now. Forget about your furnaces and all the rest of it. Uh, you know, because I mean, you know, all, all these rest of the guys have come together to make this uh, really cool, cool game. Uh, now. It's kind of a downer. Uh, Earth is not doing so great. We've got to populate another planet very, very far away. And um, doing really big, heavy, meaty... Let's see, are there pictures? There must be pictures. I should show pictures. Uh, you know, uh, Euro-style worker placement. You know, dealing with the actual transport of people across the whatever the stellar distance is to get there. There's all these different planets we're working on. We're doing all these different kinds of... I mean, just looking at it... I mean, where's a picture of the board? I mean, this is... A very busy board with a lot going yeah. on. And more wow. than anything else, I am attracted to this because of the pedigree, because uh, this promises to be their biggest, heaviest, crunchiest game to date. And they have not let me down so far. And, um, you know, I like really hard science fiction. Even if it's a little bit grim, it's about the end of the world as we know it. But hey, let's make a new world. But, um, yeah, I, I cannot wait to get my hands on number one on the list, Frozen Frontier. Okay. Yeah, I remember you talking about this during the Essence show. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Wow. There are some great games yes. we talked about. Yes. I cannot wait for not just our top 10, but these, the other 14 that we talked about. Oh, my gosh. A lot of good stuff coming out real yep. soon here, friends. Well, the question is, though, folks, did you hear it? Did, um, did you do the time warp again? Did one of us say <laughs> it? And if so, what game was it that we were talking about? Because... You need to, as a reminder, send the name of that game as the subject of an email to contest at rotto.com so you can win a copy of the excellent, uh, and I'm sure uh, it's about to start on Kickstarter. Definitely keep an eye out for it. I am very, very impressed. And again, did I mention Gideon's Gamings? Did I? Uh, you did. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, just, I mean, if you like, um, totally as an aside, if you like Marvel Champion, go check out Gideon's channel. You must. I mean, he should have exploded by now, considering how popular, and it's like really his focus. But when I saw he broke his focus to cover this, and when he dove so deep, I was like, yeah, there's a lot more than first meets the eye. And what meets the eye here, trying to make a dueling, um, you know, player versus player, uh, you know, game um, richer and more board game like, uh, jettisoning all of the you know the tropes of gotta catch them all, collectible boosters and all that, and just making a complete yeah. deep rich game that's full of ready to do lots of interesting drafting right from the box. Uh, definitely keep an eye out for it, folks, uh, because I think it's going to be something special. And awesome. that's it. Oh my gosh! Well, I have a plane to catch, so um, yes. why don't you take us out yeah. and uh, <laughs> and I'll just say uh, thanks everybody for watching. Yeah, okay. So, uh, friends, again, just one final reminder. Dice Tower West, if you're watching this on t uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, um, we're gonna we're on our way there. We're, we're mm -hmm. going to be there Wednesday through Sunday. Come say hi to us, and uh, you may get a freebie uh, if with purchase at uh, Gamer Glass. Get a, a little Rotto Everdell card. Or yep. if you see me and ask nicely, I'll give you a Tabletop Tonight button. Um, and uh, say hello. We'd love to meet you. And until then, uh, Richard, I am looking forward to meeting you, friend. And, <laughs> it, it, um, it blows my mind. Um, it's, worlds it's are crazy, colliding, right? Jerry. Worlds, worlds are, are colliding. colliding. <laughs>
but uh, have uh, safe travels, my friend, and uh, I will see you there. All right. Uh, thank you, Ruel. Thanks for everybody watching, and thanks uh, one more time to the show sponsor, World Breakers, coming to Kickstarter in March. Have a nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye